to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. Today's episode is a change of pace from our normal episodes. There is no guest on this episode and no co-host. It's just me for this episode. And I kind of mentioned this in last week's episode uh, that we released live from San Diego Comic-Con that I was going to be releasing an upcoming episode uh, where I kind of just got to talk to everybody about the things that have gone on with the podcast, some changes in my own life, and just kind of take responsibility and kind of air some things out and, uh, you know, kind of let you guys get to know me a little bit better. There, there's been, you know, 162 of these episodes uh, prior to this one. And, you know, sometimes I, I listen back to these as I'm editing and, you know, there, there's a lot of things. And I mean, this is the common with all podcasts. There's a lot of things that just kind of get repeated and regurgitated because, you know, we're relating, we're telling stories, you know, it, it, it gets, it gets, you know, circulated multiple times before, you know, you kind of move on to the, the next group of stories that you kind of repeat all over. And I've, I've realized, you know, there hasn't been very many episodes where I've kind of got to talk to all of you. And I, I was inspired to do this episode. You know, we didn't have an episode for almost two months. Uh, leading up to the San Diego Comic-Con episode. The the last episode we had released prior was with Eddie Firth and Ryan Pig uh, as, as their show Historical Roast uh, was hitting Netflix. And I had a lot of episodes planned that that I thought were going to, uh, to pan out, and they didn't. Now, I'm not going to sit here and make any excuses for why things have and haven't happened. I, I'm, I'm going to have an honest conversation about, you know, the, the, the pitfalls that you know, I've done as a podcast host and producer. Um, and to make this better, you know, I, I, I always love getting comments from people, you know, people reaching out, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, um, people that have even commented on the, on the website on, on the mic podcast.com. You know, I, I, I love, I love being able to, to connect with people, you know, some even, you know, from other countries and being able to see the numbers roll in, you know, when new episodes are released. And, you know, I, I feel guilty that, you know, people are relying on, you know, content and they're relying, you know, on somebody's story. And, and I, I kind of fail in that aspect. And, you know, when I first started the podcast, I had no clue what the hell I was doing. Uh, honestly, I probably still don't. And that's why I'm recording this episode, you know, 163 episodes in. But I, I had no idea what I was doing. It was just, hey, record a conversation and put it up online. And, you know, I, I didn't realize that you needed to be consistent until I was a little bit into it. And at that point, you know, I, I think I've said it on here before. I didn't want to sacrifice the, the quality of the podcast. I didn't want to release an episode just to release an episode. I wanted there to be something quality behind it. And I wanted, you know, since it was focused on having guests, I wanted the guests to be quality. I wanted them to be somebody you would be interested in listening to and somebody that you would want to laugh with and, you know, be able to experience the, the art and the entertainment they were putting out in the world. And I, I kind of let my own ego get in the way of all of that. And I, I, I've taken, you know, a look back at that. And I mean, the show was called On the Mic with Tim Drake. Yeah, I hardly really talk to you guys outside of the intros of the show. And a lot of that's just fluff telling you what you're about to hear. And, you know, there, there's, there's been a lot going on. You know, we, we started this show, and I say we, but, I mean, it was me. Just myself. It's, <laughs> I'm using the, the, the royal we. Uh, I started this show, you know, when I was living in Salt Lake City, and I did a lot of phone interviews to start so that I could have bigger guests. 
And, you know, phone interviews are, are hard because you're not really connecting with the guest. Most of the time they are just, you know, you're the next phone call from the previous radio station they called into or, you know, the, 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 the newspaper they were they were meeting with, you know, or something along those lines. You know, you're just the next the next call on their list. Those interviews, you know, don't mean anything to that person necessarily. Not that they aren't, you know, good quality interviews, but, you know, there's been certain comedians that we've had on the podcast, and, you know, I've, I've had the chance to, to meet them at shows and talk with them afterwards, and they have zero recollection of, you know, ever, us ever talking. And I don't blame them, because we weren't in the same room. Again, I was just a phone call they were making that day, you know, to promote whatever special or... Uh, in a show they had on at the time and so it's no fault to them but you know it's something that, that's, that's impersonal and I mean I still have done some phone interviews here and there um, but but it's something where I want to be able to connect with people on a much deeper level you know I, I love when I when I have some of these guests on that are doing you know big things and then you know see them at another event and you know it, it's immediately you know just this this reconnection uh, for example you know we, we were at comic-con a couple weeks ago and you know I, I was at the team Coco house and, you know, we, we were waiting to get into uh, to go see Andy Richter's podcast. And Moses Storm came out. And, you know, Moses does a lot with Team Coco. Uh, he's going to be in NBC's new show, Sunnyside. And, he, you know, he's, a, he's just a fantastic comedian. He's constantly on the road. And when we had him on the podcast, it was a great episode. And, you know, sometimes people leave and I'm just like, I, I don't know how, that, how, that, how they felt about it necessarily. You know, I, I thought that we had a good time together. And, you know, he came out and saw me standing in the line to get in. And came up and just gave me a hug and was and just said, "Hey, how are how are things going?" And you know that really meant a lot. And I, you know, I attribute I attribute that to the connection that that we made during the podcast. In that same regard, as I was leaving the show, I ran into Aaron Blair, who of course is a, you know, he's the head of Conan Digital, and he was just on, you know, a few episodes back, and you know, it was great running into Aaron, and you know, establishing those connections that that you have with people, and you just don't get those over phone interviews. Um, and so that's one thing, you know, that I'm going to kind of be changing here. We'll probably still have some pop up because I work with a lot of great publicists, um, you know, that have films, you know, that they're, they're helping promote. And there's people I really want to talk to that aren't here in Los Angeles. And the only chance may be over the phone. Um, but that being said, I'm still going to add more to those episodes. A lot of the times, you know, I just spill out the intro and put up the episode. And again, you know, I don't know how engaging those those actually are. I mean, there's plenty of, of calls that, you know, you'll listen to. And, you know, I've had people that have, have, you know, reached out to me after those shows and absolutely loved them. But it's still, you know, it's not making that, that same connection. And that's something I wish I would have known kind of going into it and, and been able to uh, to make stronger episodes. And, you know, also, you know, just keep that consistency. Like I said, you know, I don't, I didn't want to sacrifice the quality of episode I was releasing when I lived in Salt Lake. Nothing against, you know, anybody in, in Salt Lake, but the overall, you know, there's already the I Am Salt Lake podcast. They're, they're covering everybody in Salt Lake. For me to do the same thing with certain people, it, it, it was useless, and that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be talking to people, you know, making, making films, you know, stand-up comics, and all of that was centered here in Los Angeles. And of course, that's why we started, you know, coming out here, you know, for weeks at a time to, you know, do a handful of podcast episodes and then, you know, be able to go back to Salt Lake, release those. And then I would kind of, you know, have that lull again where, you know, I might get, you know, a couple people here and there. And, you know, I had 
you know, Jesse Knight and Christopher James and Austin Grant that, you know, we would try to do some episodes with the four of us or sometimes just Christopher and Jesse and I, sometimes even just Christopher and I would, would talk. And, you know, th- those episodes were, were, were a lot of fun. But I started to realize over the last few months that, you know, I am a very independent person. But I was also kind of sinking into some codependency um, when it when it came to releasing episodes. You know, and again, that, that's why I've never released an episode like this before. And it, it's it's honestly, as, as I'm even saying this out loud now, it, it's, it's hard to be doing this. And it's... It's taken me a while to get here. I've contemplated doing an episode like this before. And, you know, I it wasn't until recently. I was listening to, to Ron Funch's uh, podcast. It's still a fairly new podcast. It's called Getting Better. And Ron Funch's goal is to have conversations about, you know, just like the, the title says, getting better. And I after I listened to his first episode... It made me, you know, take a moment and reflect. And this was during, you know, this two months without an episode. And kind of look at myself and, and realize, you know, I had to allow myself to get better. In a lot of regards, if I wanted to be able to provide the podcast that I wanted to make, that I'm hoping you guys want to hear. And there's not going to be a lot of changes from what we're already doing but there is going to be more of a consistency to the episodes. There's going to be more episodes, you know, if I don't have a guest for the week, I'm going to talk to you guys because I do have a lot going on. I have a lot of fun stuff. It's not going to be me trying to, you know, just hand off jokes to you and things like that. It's going to be real conversations and and things that, that we can we can talk about and that I hope that you'll converse with me on on Twitter. If, you know, I say something that maybe you don't like, call me out on that shit. I don't care. Let's have an open conversation. I want this to be more about that. This this year at Comic-Con, seeing, you know, a crowd turn out and, you know, people that we did not know and our biggest crowd to date, that was, that was just incredible. It was such a good feeling. I love, you know, being able to, to feed off of that crowd, to feed off of that energy. And I, I mentioned it kind of during the, the last episode, but James had somebody come up to him in the convention center. And stop him was just like, hey, I had never heard of that podcast before. I was actually there, you know, waiting for the next podcast, but she had been there for most of the show. And honestly, I assume, (laughs) you know, most people were there waiting for the next podcast. But, you know, she she said how funny the show was and how much she just really enjoyed it. And that's those type of things I think I've taken for granted in the past. When I was doing my first podcast, My House on the Moon... Uh, somebody that I went to school with quite literally since I, I don't think we were ever in elementary together, but I knew that I had known her at least since seventh grade. And, you know, we would write a lot of comedy bits for for the website and, you know, just a lot, a lot of just silly essays. And uh, and and on top of that, we'd have the podcast that was, of course, kind of a, a, a play on the how to columns. And we we would have a you know a lot of different things like there was you know how to how to dress for success to be a member of a '90s boy band, uh, you know how to be how to properly be a man, just all sorts of just silly nuanced nonsense uh, that Jordan Air and I put out. And you know she had reached out to me at one point as she was going through cancer treatments. Now she is you know alive and well and healthy and four kids and just you know having the time of her life. But at that time, and I want to say it was like 2012, early 2013, 
she sent me a message and, and told me how much the show meant to her. And, you know, she loved reading the different, the different comedy uh, pieces that, you know, we were publishing. And, you know, she was the first person when we did our Kickstarter for the Miles on the Moon book that, that, you know, put in money towards that. And she always had our back. And here she was going through this, this trial, you know, this, this horrible thing of having to go through cancer treatments and telling us how much these, these shows and just this nonsense we were spouting off meant to her. And I, I don't say this as a humble brag or anything like that. More or less, I, 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 like I said, I've taken those type of things for granted. And, you know, my, my own ego has gotten in the way. And that's something that I have to to be able to accept and to and, and and to to realize that you know I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for all of us. I want us all to have fun. I want to continue to build a community of people that celebrate, you know, film and television and comedy and art. You know, it's it's such a great thing to be a part of. I, I'd mentioned to my wife it was just kind of funny when when we were at Comic Con, I was standing in the line at the at the coffee shop that's in the Westin. Uh, that, that's uh, up there next to the Spreckles Theater, and there there were a lot of people that were in town. It was the first, not, a, not the official first day of Comic Con. It was preview night. We were there early in the morning. Uh, we'd gotten into town early, and I was standing there to get coffee. And you know, there's people, you know, just in town in San Diego that are the, just there to do business. You know, they have nothing to do with Comic Con. They're just going about their day. And this is not a knock on anybody that you know works in like you know the business sector or finance sector or any of that you know everybody's job is meaningful but i realized how lucky i was that you know i'm standing there in line and everybody around me is you know wearing suits and, and pantsuits and dresses and skirts and here i am wearing a rick and morty t-shirt and shorts and you know a pair of vans and you know the, the fact that you know for a for a job, in a sense, I, I, I get to have fun. I, I get to basically just be a big child and, you know, create things that, you know, make people laugh. And that that's something that, you know, I, I don't think had necessarily set in just how goddamn lucky I am to get to do it. And I mean, I'm on such a small scale here of, of doing this and building a career here here in Los Angeles but I also realized that I wasn't taking it, it serious enough. And, you know, I, I've, I've talked with a few managers as I've been, you know, seeking representation. As a writer, you know, it's, it's kind of in a tumultuous area right now where, you know, everybody fired their agents because of, you know, the restructuring of the Writer Guild agreement with talent agencies. And so, you know, th there's been this whole thing of everybody trying to find representation. How do we go about, you know, getting staffed on shows? And... You know, as, as I talked with a, with a couple of managers, you know, there were some wake-up calls that I needed to be working harder. And, you know, I, I, you know, I mentioned Moses Storm and Aaron Blair earlier, and both of them said something when they were on the podcast that stuck with me, and that was that they didn't want anybody else to be working harder than them. And I, I want to be able to live by that mindset. You know, I've heard that about Kobe Bryant, that, you know, he would get ready to to leave the gym after you know practice there'd be somebody else in there shooting around and he was not going to leave that gym until they left he was going to just keep practicing and that's how he you know that was part of his mentality of how he became one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA and that's that's the degree I want to be able 
to achieve. Now, sure, I mean, that's probably about as cliche as cliche can get. Every you know, person that comes to Hollywood and comes to Los Angeles to have a career, you know, is saying, you know, some type of similar bullshit and it's meaningless without any action. And even though I spend, you know, a lot of time writing and a lot of time, you know, whether it's recording podcasts or, you know, going to different premieres or screenings, it, it doesn't mean anything if I'm not hustling harder and harder and harder and harder and moving forward. And that's something I want to be able to bring you guys forward with. And so with some of the changes that, that I'm bringing to the podcast, I hope that that's what it's going to help achieve. Um, you know, I, I mentioned not wanting to sacrifice the, you know, the quality of the podcast. And that's what killed my consistency when I first started doing the podcast. And so going forward from today, every Friday is when we are going to release podcasts. Every single Friday. That's when I'm going to have an episode, whether it is with a guest or whether it is just me talking to you guys about what's been going on, we're going to start releasing podcasts every Friday. Hopefully we can get up to speed where we're releasing two a week. That is my goal. You know, like I said, we're, we're at 163 episodes. I released the first episode of this podcast in 2013. There's absolutely no reason that we should not have more other than my own laziness when it came down to it. My, my own laziness and my own ego getting in the way. And so... I, I want to be able to be, you know, upfront and honest with everybody and, and, you know, talk about those type of things. And, you know, we've got a lot of great guests that we've been in talks with. You know, I always mention that we have a lot coming up and then I don't follow through. And, you know, that that's on that's on me. And that's something that, again, I've had to come to terms with and just realize I have to push harder. I have to fight harder if I want this show to be what I've always dreamed of it being. And, you know, you know, you, you hear a lot of people that podcast say it and the thought went through my head even as, you know, shit kind of hit the fan the last few months of, am I having fun with this? A lot of people say, you know, I will never stop podcasting until it's not fun anymore. And, you know, it's, it's still fun. I love the opportunities that I get with this opportunities that most people would kill to have. And it's all because of this podcast that I get to do it. And, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with this. And I just need to make sure that, you know, I, I recognize everything that this has given me. And, you know, we, we need to be able to move forward. And another one of the things that I'm hoping with these changes comes uh, bringing on another producer. You know, it, it's hard enough for, for me to kind of juggle everything. And I think, you know, it, it's time for me to bring somebody else in, you know, to help be able to, to generate, you know, income for the show to help bring on more guests to help you know kind of give this more stability you know you know amongst my busy schedule you know on on top of so many things you know the last few months have, have really caused me to pause and, and take stock of everything that you know happens in my life at the beginning of june right after you know we released the episode with with eddie and ryan uh you know you, you've heard me talk about little one uh we, 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 we joke that she's, you know, the associate producer of the podcast, uh, the greatest goddamn cat on the planet. <laughs> and little one got, she, she got really sick. And I honestly thought we were going to lose her. Uh, she, she just started throwing up like crazy and she wasn't eating. She wasn't drinking. I had to start, you know, getting a syringe to, you know, give her water. And finally, you know, after, after a day or so, I, I 
I mean, I'm, I'm a hypochondriac in and of myself, but I get even more nervous when it comes to her because she can't tell me, you know, short of throwing up, she can't tell me, you know, how she's actually feeling. And so I took her to the vet and turned out that she had pancreatitis. And, you know, with some work stuff, I was already, you know, struggling a little bit at the time financially. And, you know, I, I had to just do whatever it took to make sure that, um, you know, you know that, she, that she got the proper care and treatment that she needed. And luckily, you know, people stepped up and, and helped me out, too. And, you know, there, there's so many people that I, I cannot do a lot without. And, you know, one, one group of people here in Los Angeles, the, the L.A. Underground Cat Network, seems like the silliest fucking thing in the world to say. Yeah, there, there, there's a group on Facebook called the L.A. Underground Cat Network, and a lo- it's just a group of cat lovers. You know, everybody that, you know, they share their pictures of their cats, they share their stories, their heartbreaks, their their victories, cats that need adopted, you know, that are in kill shelters. And, you know, I I, I get embarrassed to ask for help, but I needed the help, and, and I put up a GoFundMe, and I had vowed I was never going to do that again after Berlioz had passed away, because I was embarrassed to do it then. And I put that up, and strangers, you know, throughout Los Angeles came to help. You know, friends and family did too, but I was just astonished that people, you know, throughout this cat network were, were all about reaching out and, and helping. That, that was something I just, I, I didn't expect. One of my friends had suggested when I posted it, hey, put it in the, in the cat network. And sure enough, you know, there, there are people there that, that mean the world to me that I've never met that all because of that, that stepped up and helped and shared it. And little one's happy and healthy. You know, she, she's actually sitting next to me on the, on, on my bed right now. And she, she is just happy as can be. So it's, it, it, it was a journey. It was a scary week trying to make sure that, that she was happy and healthy. And as it's been getting hotter here in Los Angeles, you know, our, our summers can get pretty hot. Uh, honestly, if you've heard a little bit of a hum throughout this entire episode, it's because I couldn't sacrifice turning off all the fans in my apartment. So hopefully hopefully with this nice directional microphone and the sound foam that we have uh, is, is blocking out a lot of that hum and everything. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, been, it's been really hot. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, she, she doesn't like the heat and, you know, cat cats can get a little lethargic, you know, when it gets, you know, hot out as well. And so, you know, knowing that that was coming up and that, you know, we kind of expected that, you know, she would get a little sluggish, but also, you know, she's getting up there in age, she's nine, you know, she should have plenty more years ahead, but having that scare, you know, I, I've started to realize, you know, with some of my own struggles that the little one is, has, has always kind of been there for me. Uh, you know, when she can tell when I'm having a rough day, you know, she'll come up and just, just that little paw, just kind of give me a tap. And <laughs> she, she constantly is, is paying attention to both me and vanilla. And it, it's amazing, you know, what, how perceptive animals are. And, you know, she, she has been here for us left and right. And, you know, the fact, the fact that we got close to losing her was, was really hard and that took a toll on me. And one of, one of the biggest things that that, that that really took a toll on was, you know, really coming to grips with, with the depression and stuff that, that I've had for years. And understanding depression and anxiety, you know, a lot of people try to make the claim that they, that they have depression uh, just because they, they feel momentary sadness. And that, that's not depression. D- depression, you know, it, it rules your entire life. 
it, it, it finds its way to, to get in and just take control of, of everything that, that you try to do. And, you know, coming to, coming to grips with understanding my own depression and, you know, some people are going to hear this and, and honestly just be like, fuck you, Tim. Like, you know, we follow you on Instagram. We see the things that, that you, that you post, you know, don't, don't give us this bullshit that you're, that you're depressed. But nobody's posting that shit on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. No, but nobody's, you know, constantly just like, hey, I'm not feeling it today. You know, I, I, I didn't feel like leaving and interacting with anybody because, you know, I, I just wanted to, you know, wallow in the darkness that is my own brain. And, and those type of things are hard to come to terms with. And I have they're hard to recognize. And, you know, some, some people have been like, oh, why don't you take, you know, antidepressants? Because those things fucking terrify me. That's why. That's why I don't take them. You know, there, there have been too many icons and idols that we have lost, you know, due to trying to balance out their medication. You know, you know Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, you know, m- most recently somebody who really made a big impact on, you know, the comedy scene here in Los Angeles and Brody Stevens. You know, I, I had met Brody a couple times, and, you know, he was the, the one of the raddest people in the entire world. I mean, he probably wouldn't remember me at all. You know, he, he seemed to the one time, or the last time I actually saw him, which was a few years ago, uh, right before At Midnight had wrapped up and he was doing warm-up there. And I'd, I'd met him a few years prior at the Oddball Comedy Festival, and he came up and said, hi, uh, and it was more of just like, hey, I recognize you. I don't know who you are, but I recognize you. And it was just a nice little quick interaction, and, you know, he was just on to talk to other people, you know, that were waiting for the show. And, you know, it was something that still stuck with me, that he, that he took the time to, you know, come up and say hi, even though he did not really know who I was. I was just a familiar face that he had seen before. But Brody Stevens was, you know, a, a, a pillar of positivity, but he also struggled with depression. And, you know, it, it, it was, you know, he, he struggled balancing out those meds, and that terrifies me. And that's never anything I want to dabble in. Sure, do I use edibles and things like that to uh, to help temper that? Absolutely. You know, if, if it wasn't for, you know, so many different things like that, you know, I I, I don't I don't want to say, you know, I'd be in a worse place, but there are definitely things that, that help. And I've started using meditation more, um, you know, get, getting a little bit more into transcendental meditation, trying to understand TM um, and, and some of the books there, and... You know, I, I'd, I'd ordered the uh, the book that uh, that Bob Roth uh, put out. I believe it's called Sitting in Stillness, and you know, I'm I'm about to start into that and, and learn more about TM. You know, I, I'd heard Nikki Glaser and and Chris Hardwick talk on on ID10T podcast. You know, a lot about that, and Nikki talking about how her depression, you know, greatly improved because of that. And you know, I've heard so many different people talk about how that was, you know a way that helped them kind of out of that, that dark cloud. And so that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at so many ways to help, to help be able to treat that. You know, it's, there's nothing worse than, you know, when I come home from, you know, doing, doing what I have to do in the mornings and then coming home and having, you know, a lot on my plate that I need to get done. And instead I just lay down and go to sleep. And that's because the depression's taken over so many times where I just don't feel like I can accomplish anything. And you get those thoughts in your head that, you know, you're, you're worthless. Why, why should I even bother writing this? Who the fuck cares? And sometimes you, 
you, you have to recognize that the voice inside your head is just an asshole. And once you recognize that the voice in your head is an asshole and doesn't, you know, know what the fuck it's talking about, that's when you've got to be able to power through and be able to find, you know, what makes you happy, what's going to get you to, you know, that level that you want to be at. And that's what I've had to do, you know, with, with self-discovery and, and figuring out who I am and what I want and where I want to be. And be able to overcome this depression. Now, I know it's going to be something that's going to be with me all my life. And it's something that my wife and I have started talking about more as well. And, and finding ways to, to stay active and to keep our brains, you know, more active. You know, one of the other things that, that really helps, um, you know, of course, with depression is, is exercise. And that's, you know, when I'm coming home and, and going to sleep or something, I'm not getting that exercise that I should be getting. And, you know, that's one of the other things that has bogged me down, you know, even throughout this year. Um, You know, when we first moved to Los Angeles, I'd been going through, you know, a really good, you know, getting healthy, losing a lot of weight. I'd been, you know, the healthiest I'd been in years. I was at a great weight. And somehow from, you know, like November last year to about April, March this year, my, my, my weight and my health got out of control. Uh, I, I got to the heaviest I've ever been. I got, I got up to 371 pounds. And if I, if I remember right, there was even a couple of days that it peaked just a couple of pounds above that. And that fucking terrified me. It, it, was, it was something that I, I had told myself when I got under the 300-pound mark before that I would never be back to that that weight. I needed to take better care of myself. And... You know, Austin and I kind of talked about it last year when I had recognized, you know, that I had food addiction. And I caved to some of those addictions back in November. And it is hard to pull out of those things. It, it, it just is a tailspin. And it's, it's weird when it comes to food to be like, oh, I relapsed. But that's what happened. And, you know, discovering that and realizing, you know, the, the, the care I needed to give myself. And finding those things, and and it was impacting, you know, the way that I was doing the podcast. And because, you know, I I wasn't reaching out to guests. I was was sluggish because I was depressed. I was depressed because, you know, I was fat. And it just became, you know, this this circular wheel of just pity, like self-pity, and doing nothing to correct it. And, you know, I'm, I'm at this place now where... You know, I, I actually had reached out to my mom because my mom is a, is a personal trainer. And I was like, I need to get my shit together. Like, you know, I, I, I need some ideas to help, you know, boost my metabolism and, you know, get this weight gone for good. I need to create healthy challenges and things like that for myself. And it's it's become it's become get, you know, easier and easier but it still is really hard because it's an addiction, you know, and, and people say, oh, yeah, I, I'm such an addict. I, I love Taco Bell. And the, fuck that. That's not just because you really like something. Oh, yeah, I just I can't go without, a, you know, a chalupa. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. It's it, it's literally almost like blacking out and going through a drive through and it's muscle memory just going through. And all of a sudden being halfway through, you know, three fucking gorditas and you're just like, oh, what, what, what have I done here? And, you know, it, it's, it's binge eating. It, it's shameful eating. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's eating feelings. It's that depression getting to me and feeling the need to eat. And when you're an addict when, with something like that, it makes it that much harder. And I had to start realizing that not only did I have an addict brain, but my biological father, who's somebody that I've never met and don't care to ever meet, uh, he was an addict. And it was something that my mom did not know uh, when she first got married uh, to him. And she left him uh, before I was even born. Uh, but he, he was he was an alcoholic. He was a drug dealer. And he had hit the from my mom he, he appeared you know to be this you know clean-cut nice guy in utah and he was anything but that but those are traits that you know i inherited i mean i i recognize the majority of things in me you know similar things that my grandfather has and those are things that you know i i can i can be aware of that, that you know were passed down you know clearly you know the genes on my mom's side were the dominant genes uh, if you look at pictures of me when I was young and pictures of my grandpa when he was young, we, we look like we could possibly be the same person. Uh, it's eerie. And even my uncle. There, there was a picture of my uncle that one of my brothers saw at my great-grandmother's place before she had passed away a couple of years ago. And he absolutely thought it was me. <laughs> and it was my uncle. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I recognize that I, that I have a lot of those traits, but... The one trait that I that I know I got from from my biological dad was that the, that addiction gene, and you know I I'm not somebody who goes out and drinks or anything like that. Uh, I, I honestly I don't care for alcohol at all. You know I, I drank a few times with friends back in the day, and it scared me when I did because I recognized then that I had this just unknown tolerance where I could just drink and drink and drink and drink, and I would you know, hardly get buzzed while they were just shit faced. And that scared me. And that's, you know, that's why I only drank a handful of times because I got clued in then that there was something that wasn't right. And I didn't want to test those limits. And, you know, that was 10, 15 years ago. And I realize now that thank God I had that foresight that, Hey, this something isn't right here. And I probably shouldn't continue down this path. Because I probably would have become an alcoholic. You know, there, there's so many things that I realize that, you know, where, where that addictive personality has, you know, controlled other aspects of my life. Not things that are harmful to me by any means. But, you know, if I get set on something or I get hooked on something, like, I'm hooked on it. And, you know, that that's, it's, it's not necessarily scary in all aspects. But, you know, when, it, when it's controlling your health and your mental health. Yeah, this is this is something that that terrified me, and you know I've really had to take an approach to getting healthy, and you know I I've always you know at least at least for the last almost ten years led you know a vegetarian vegan lifestyle, and you know I've I had made the joke on stage when I was doing stand up that yeah I'm a vegetarian but it looks like I ate three other vegetarians you know going with that self deprecation because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin, and. You know, even when I backslid and when I, when I, you know, for lack of better words, relapsed, you know, there, there were things that I shouldn't have been eating that, you know, didn't even really stick to, you know, necessarily a vegetarian, vegan diet. And, you know, it, it's taken a toll on me. And, you know, I feel great as, you know, I, I've been getting healthier. I've been getting better, eating much better, you know, staying active. You know, I, I, I went, I went before I was recording today, I, 
I, I, I had actually come home after dropping my wife off at work, and I took a nap. I, I didn't want to take a nap. I laid down, and emotions took control of me. And I took a nap and realized that, no, I have things I need to get done today. And I knew I needed, this was important that I recorded this episode today. And so I, I went for about a 45-minute walk. And, I mean, I live in a gorgeous area of Los Angeles. You know, I'm, I'm very privileged to live in the area that I do where, you know, we're bordered Griffith Park. And, you know, it's there, there's just beautiful neighborhoods to walk through. And, you know, it's it's something that, that I'm lucky to have. And went out and enjoyed that. Just put in some headphones, listened to some of the new Blink-182 album that comes out in September. Um, cannot suggest that enough. I, I've, I've been loving the songs they've released so far. Listen to some of that. Listen to some MXPX, and you know, just kind of, kind of got out of my own head, and just enjoyed some fresh air and some exercise. And you know, it even though it was hot as hell, it it felt good. It felt good, you know, mentally and physically, and that that's something I just have to do to to better myself and to be able to, you know, get through this addiction, get through you know this weight gain, you know, be able to fight depression, and just be able to be you know, working so hard that I'm not allowing somebody to outwork me and get the jobs that I want, be able to have the career in this industry that I want. You know, there, there's so many people that, you know, I'll, I'll look at when I'm submitting for something and I see the people who got it and there's no envy there. I don't envy them at all. You know, of course there's that part that's like, oh shit, I really wish I got that. But I also look at the people that got it and I'm just like, they're working really fucking hard. They're, they're working so hard, and compared to what I'm doing, yeah, I wouldn't have hired me either. And it's it's exciting to see your friends succeed and to see the people you work with succeed. You know, jo- Jonathan uh, Giles, who was on the podcast uh, a few months back, uh, is one of the writers on Lily Singh's new late-night show. And I'm so insanely excited for him. And he's been hustling. He's been hustling like crazy. He just recorded a, a stand-up special as well and you know he's just doing incredible things and it's so exciting to see so many friends just hustling and doing well and seeing their careers grow but i can't sit back and and wonder why that's not happening for me you know i mentioned earlier you know being an independent person but you know sinking into some codependency and you know there are people i thought i could count on people i thought that i was going to be kind of going through things with and kind of growing with that you know it's just not going to happen. It's not the way this growth is going to go. And, you know, being here in Los Angeles for a year and a half, things started off very well, you know, working over at the Nerdist showroom and, and building things there. And when that all disappeared, you know, it, it threw me for a loop, to say the least. It, I, I didn't know where to turn next. And I don't necessarily know now where to turn next. But I know what I need to keep doing. I know I need to keep making this podcast. I know that I have to keep talking to people and writing and reaching out to people and taking the steps to be the best at this. You know, I'm never going to be Mark Marin or Chris Hardwick or Dax Shepard, uh, you know, or, or, you know, Alma Ferris. So many people have put out, you know, great podcasts, but I also can't compare myself to them. And you shouldn't be comparing yourself to others in your field either. And... I'm just going to be able to do the best that I can do and give you guys the best show that I can possibly give you. And, you know, when I'm writing, when I'm, when I'm producing things, 
I, I don't want to ever leave a show or leave any project I'm working on and think that somebody there was working harder than I was. I, I have to give this my all. You know, there, there's so many things growing up that I thought, you know, was the way to do things. You know, I wanted to kind of be that goofball that, you know, kind of played the dope. And, you know, I, I shouldn't have been that person. I, you know, I also wanted to kind of be that, you know, the athlete, the not so much the jock mentality, but I wanted to be that guy that people were like, oh, yeah, look at him. He's the best on the team. And, you know, my wife and I have been have been, uh, you know, kind of downsizing some stuff and converting, you know, some of our stuff that's here in our apartment into, you know, plastic bins. After we had the earthquakes back in July, we realized we needed to have, you know, a little bit safer of a, of a situation in our apartment. And I found a box of, uh, of trophies and things from my childhood. And as we were transitioning that, you know, like I said, I always had this impression of myself that I was this athletic kid growing up and came to realize, no, I was the biggest dork there was. And I mean that in a good way. I, I, I was proud to realize who I was. But I had this false idea of myself even then. And, you know, to come across, you know, my trophies from basketball and, and baseball. And, you know, sure, it's, you know, great to remember those times. But then to come across my science trophies. I honestly didn't remember that I had science trophies. You know, in, in that same box that, you know, there were five or six trophies from sports. Yeah, there were science trophies. There was my Saturn V rocket model, my space shuttle model, um, you know, books that I had written when I was in, like, middle school and, and elementary that were sci-fi dorky comedy and things that I've even seen tran transition into, into my comedy voice now. And, I mean, I was raised on great comedy. Whether my parents intended it or not, I was the first child, so... You know, I kind of watched what they watched. I was probably one of the few five-year-olds that was sitting there watching in living color. I mean, I was obsessed with Fire Marshal Bill. And, you know, there, there, were, there were so many of those things that influenced me in that young voice. But I, I suppressed a lot of that because, you know, up through high school, I wanted to be this athlete. I wanted to be, you know, the star of the football team, star of the basketball team. And that really wasn't me. I mean, as I got out of high school, music really you know, prevailed. But to see that all along, you know, I had far more awards and certificates for science and, you know, the arts and and music, they far, you know, outweighed those that I had for athletics. And it, it made me, in a way, feel better about myself, but also to realize that I had kind of lived a lie for a chunk of my life, trying to be this athlete that I wasn't. And not that I wasn't good at, good at sports. I was good at sports. But I, I wanted to be, you know, the jock that you saw on all the TV shows. Again, not the asshole jock. I just wanted to be that, like, that athlete that people admired. And that just wasn't who I was. It's very clear. And I talked to my mom about it afterwards. And she's like, yeah, we, we knew that's not who you were. But we, we kept trying to tell you, but we also didn't want to discourage you from sports. You know, we, we, you enjoyed it. You you loved playing basketball, but we knew that's not who you were. You know, based on based on all these other things that I was doing, and so to see it now, you know, kind of come to light and realize so many of the things that I even did, you know, during the summer, you know, during during summer break, you know, yeah, I'd be outside playing basketball with my friends, but we also had a you know a pretend radio show that we ran, you know, in my friend's 
uh, in my friend's bedroom. And, you know, we'd watch, we'd regularly be watching, you know, Adam Sandler movies growing up, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. And, you know, all of those great, you know, early 90s SNL type comedies, you know, that, that was what we were doing during the summer. And, again, I, I feel like I suppressed so much of that, you know, trying to, trying to discover, you know, who, who I am. And, yeah, it, it, it's, been, it's been an interesting couple of months. And I'm sorry, again, that there wasn't an episode during those times. But now that I look at it, I, I think it was for the better. And like I said, going forward, you know, there's there's going to be, you know, a lot more emphasis on being open, being honest and, you know, be being who I am and going through this with everybody and being able to have those fun conversations with guests and being a more regular show. And, you know, we're hoping to also be doing more live shows. You know, I I absolutely love being in front of an audience. You know, stand up may not be, you know, the right path for me. And that's why, you know, I haven't been doing it, but I love still being on stage and doing the live shows. There's nothing better than watching, you know, a group of people come together and sit in your show and enjoy your guests and just sit back and laugh for an hour and a half. You know, it's, it's just, it's an incredible time. And all of you guys that have been along for the ride, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for tweeting to me, for, you know, sending me messages on Instagram, on the website, wherever, you know, you've reached out. Thank you. And... You know, I hope that this show continues to be something that that you love and that you enjoy. For anybody that's new to the podcast, welcome. And I hope that, you know, you're on this ride with me. And I hope that you're going to reach out to me as well. And that we can become friends and, and chat and build something together that, you know, helps everybody. Helps you, you know, whether, you know, it's been a rough day. You know, your boss is just an asshole. And you need to be able to just get in your car on that drive home and turn something on that's going to make you laugh. Or realize that you're not the only one, you know, feeling the way that you're feeling, you know, that you have, that you have a network, that you have a community around you of people that are just like you, that are going through some of the same shit you're going through. You know, we're all in this together. You know, nobody gets out alive. We just have to do the best that we can do. And, you know, my, my friends in Neon Trees said it best on their first album. Fuck all the rest and forget the rules. And, you know, that's just kind of what you have to do you just have to do you know what's right what makes you happy and don't you know cause harm to others just be a good person let's all do good together let's uplift each other let's laugh let's make art let's let's have fun you know i hope that you guys are going to be tuning in every friday as i put out new episodes whether it's just me talking like this hopefully you've enjoyed this i don't i don't know i'm I feel so awkward. I'm literally just, I'm sitting in my apartment in the dark because it's hot as hell and I don't want it to get any warmer at the moment. And, you know, talking into sound foam, you know, I, I literally have been rambling on for 45 minutes to sound foam. And I feel like I'm having a conversation with you. And hopefully that's been the case. Hopefully this is something that as you've listened, that you've been able to be like, yeah, I felt that way too. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I can, I can relate. I can, I, I can, I can, you know, feel this too. That this can be, you know, even though it's something that's that's going into your ears, that in a way can be something tangible. That together, all of us can laugh and grow and just have a great fucking time. That's all we can ask for. That's all we can ask for. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
for sticking around, you know, for 100 and now 63 episodes. By the end of this year, we're going to hit 200. And that's that's huge. And I'm excited about that. And I'm going to make it happen by the end of this year. And it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. In October, even though Austin's not going to do it with me because he, you know, he, he has, you know, some other things in the works. Um, I, I'm still going to be doing the 31 Days of Horror. I had a lot of fun doing that last year, going to all of the different locations that we went to. And, you know, I've, I've already, I mean, it's only August 3rd and I've already started working on on next year or on, on this year's, um, and what you're going to, what you're going to get in October. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that. That'll be up on, on my Instagram at Tim Drake 42, as well as at on my podcast, you'll be able to, to of course, follow all of that there. And, you know, yeah, I have a lot planned, a lot of fun stuff ahead. And just thank you for being along this ride with me and yeah, reach out. I hope to hear from all of you and tune in every Friday uh, for a new episode of on the mic and hopefully, you know, as we make this this journey ahead and we move forward, you know, this will this will be the direction everybody everybody wants to go, and this will be the ride that everybody was looking for. So thank you, and you know, playing off of Ron Funches, you know, I, I I hope that together we're all getting better. Go listen to Ron's podcast too. It's it's wonderful, and it's a great it's a great way to decompress and just and and just you know think about the things that that you have going on in your life and to keep getting better. So in a way, you know, thank you to Ron Funches for, for inspiring me to, to not just record this episode, but to really focus on getting better and, 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 and bettering myself for me, for all of you, for my wife, for little one to make sure that she's happy and healthy. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those cat guys deal with it, (laughs) but thank you for listening and we'll see you next Friday. This has been Tim Drake on, on the mic podcast. Follow me at Tim Drake on Twitter. We will see you next week.